1: Unlocked the door and went in, found him on the ground, unresponsive and gasping for air, along with his money just thrown about the apartment. He must have had it in his hand, got up, fell on the floor, and the money was just kind of strewn around his body.
2: This is the plaintiff, Jack Sullivan. He says his brother unfortunately passed away, and the defendant, his brother's landlord, stole money off the dresser as the ambulance was taking his brother to the hospital. He's haunted by this every day. The louse refuses to return his brother's money to him, and he's here suing him for every penny of the $723 this terrible guy stole. This is the defendant, Anthony Bongiorno. He says the plaintiff told him to use the $723 for rent his brother owed. Then the next day demanded he return it. When he asked the guy to show him he was entitled to inherit the money, he became angry. And here they are. Bottom line, the plaintiff isn't owed any money. He is. He's accused of grabbing the cold hard cash. All parties, please use your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor.
3: Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Sullivan, you are suing Mr. Buongiorno for $723 that you say he stole from your brother. Talk to me and tell me what happened.
4: Okay, I received a phone call on December 3rd, I believe it was, and uh, I was told that uh, they found my brother unresponsive. He was taken uh, by an ambulance to the emergency room. So I immediately went to the emergency room, and they were just bringing him out of uh, ER. They had a trach down his throat, and they were moving him up to intensive care. Well, uh,
3: What had had happened? Did you find out what had happened?
4: uh, Yeah, he he has COPD, uh, which we kind of knew all along. But uh, they also found out that he had uh, gallbladder cancer. He was uh, 75 years old. He was my last surviving sibling. Uh, I lost two other brothers. Um, and anyhow, when I got there, they were just bringing him out of ER and I accompanied him to his room. And, you know, of course he was pretty much out of it at that point, but I went back every day to visit him. And I, uh, about two days later, they took the trach out of him. Uh, and he was breathing on his own. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of got a flash of hope that he was going to get better because he was talking to me like there was nothing wrong. He was, he was eating like a pig. He was asking me for Reese cups all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and anyhow, um, one of the things he asked me was uh, where was his money? And I said that I had received a call from one of uh, Mr. Bongiorno's uh, workers, I believe his name was Brian, and he told me that they took the money and they were going to hold it. And they told me how much it was, a total of $1,723. Okay. $600 of that was for December's rent, which I had no problem with. You know, they, they were entitled to that. But the remaining $723, he had no business taking. Matter of okay, fact, I'm kind of no confused. How much was the total amount? The total amount was $1323. $1323.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. So who did you have the discussion with? The um the defendant himself or whatever helper he's talking about?
4: One of his employees from his auto shop called me at the ho- when I was at the hospital and said that they they took they had his money and they were going to hold it. So then on um December 15th two days after he passed i went and made arrangements with uh esposito funeral home you know to uh take care of my brother and i paid them and from there i went to the service station with my friend mike mike uh anyhow we went there and uh tony came to the front desk when you say the service uh,
3: station a service station that's owned by mr buongiorno yes and did your brother work there or something no My
4: brother just rented from him.
3: Rented the apartment from him. I asked him.
4: Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So I asked him for my brother's money. And he said, unless you have a paper showing me that you're fiduciary responsible for him, I'm not giving it to you. So, you know, I just left the funeral, funeral guy's place. I wasn't very happy, you know, uh, because that's all my brother had. He was on disability, uh, uh, social security. And that money was all he had. And I told him, uh, I says, I don't think it's right, you took that money. I, you know. So we, we had a big discussion and, and argument about it uh, and he refused to give it to me. So I said, so you're telling me that if his estranged wife who left him two years ago to live with her ex-husband came here and asked you for the money you would tell her no to without a piece of paper stating that he, she was fiduciary responsible for him? And he said, that's right. I said, so in other words, you plan on keeping it the whole time. I says, this makes no sense. And, and you know, I just couldn't live with it. I couldn't live with the fact that that was done to my brother and I'm just trying to get some justification and, uh, and relief from it all
3: and put it to bed. I think one of the things you said in your complaint was, I'd rather see it go to charity anywhere other than his pocket. So talk to me, Mr. Buongiorno.
1: Tell me what's going on. So uh, on the 3rd of December, uh, his brother called called me to tell me to come get the rent. Uh, I sent an employee over there to get the rent. He didn't answer the door. I called him back. He answered. He goes, I don't know what happened. Send him back over. So I sent my guy over again to collect the rent. Uh, again, he didn't answer the door. I called back the third time, no answer. So we went over and opened the door, you know. So when we walk in... Uh, what do you mean you opened the door? The...
3: What do you mean you opened the door? We
1: unlocked... Oh, well, you had we, the we key. Knew he was in there. And you had the we key. We had the key, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so um, he was supposed to open the door for my employee to collect the run. He didn't, and we got worried, you know. So we opened the, uh, unlocked the door and went in, found him on the ground, unresponsive and gasping for air, Along with his money, just thrown about the apartment, he must have had it in his hand. Got up, fell on the floor, and the money was just kind of strewn around his body. So we called 911. Uh, we performed CPR when the paramedics came. They were stepping on the money, so I figured it best just to collect all the money and 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 hold, keep it for safekeeping. You know, it, it seemed crazy to leave money laying on the floor. So I picked it up and. I, uh, you know, like Jack said, I told him I had it. I told his wife he had, uh, I had it. And you told whose wife? Whose wife? Uh, who's wife? uh ro- Robert's wife. Okay. You Who, know, um, wait, who's Robert? Uh, his brother's name is Robert, but they called him Sal.
3: Okay. Cause I saw the sign that said Sal get well, Sal. So I was thrown off.
1: Yeah, all he, right. So you told so Robert's wife cause his... you knew Robert's wife. Right, because they rented the apartment together six years prior. Okay. And I knew her as his as his wife. He you know, there was never anything where that's not my wife, that's my wife. Uh, when COVID came, she when the pandemic started, she moved and, and, and I was under the impression she moved into some sort of senior living or, or something along those lines, you know. I don't know about them not being together. Has anyone
3: uh, else so, asked you so for I the thought- money
1: besides Mr. Sullivan? Well, I had conversations with his wife about it. Uh, And what did she say? When she said, "Keep the money for you know cleaning up, and I'm going to have to clean the apartment out. They're still full of." Does she have a piece of paper
3: that authorizes her to say where that money goes?
1: Well, no. I know her as his wife. You know, that's that's what I know as his wife. I've never met. uh, Is she,
3: Mr. Mr. Sullivan? Sullivan, Is she legally married to him still?
1: Yes, I believe. I
4: believe they're still married, but they were estranged for like two years.
3: Have you spoken to the wife?
4: Uh, I got a phone call from her. Um, uh, she uh, embedded me up and down uh, on the telephone and uh, Why? told me that uh, uh, she told me to lay off a Tony. And I says, Are you kidding me? I says, I'm, I'm incurring the expense of burying your husband. I said, and and you're going to tell him he can have that money. I said I don't understand this. You know, I said if you don't want the money, I said then it should go to his biological daughter, and uh, or like I said earlier, Judge, I don't care who gets the money, but I just don't feel what he did was was uh, the right thing to do by misappropriating those funds.
3: Mr. Buongiorno, tell me, do you have any proof of what the wife supposedly said to you? Did she give you a document saying, I hereby, as his heir authorize that you did blah, 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 or no?
1: I had, a, I, uh, yes, I had my attorney write out a, a, basically a memorandum of our conversations and had her sign it, and I submitted it to the court.
3: Did you perform CPR on him? I did. The wife claims in here that um, Sal said for you to hold on to it in case he wasn't out of the hospital in January. You didn't testify about that. So who is it that oh, said you could I, hold on to it for January rent? Was it Barbara? I talked was talked his it... wife,
1: and then when Sal was awake in the hospital, I talked to him on the phone, and I explained to him exactly what happened. He didn't really have recollection of what happened. So uh, I explained to him that we found him on the floor, unresponsive. I picked up his money. I told him exactly how much I had. Uh, he sounded good when he was in the hospital. We thought he would be coming home. I said, oh, I'll hold on to the money for you. And if you don't make it home by January, that'll cover your January's rent. And uh, he was fine with it. He wasn't demanding money. He was in the hospital. You know, I've known Sal and Barbara, Barb for six years and, and we had good relationship, you know, and, and like I said, I'd never met Jack. So when he came in, demanding this money, I said, yeah, I have no problem giving to you as long as you have some sort of something saying you're, you know, financially responsible for your brother's estate. Did your
3: brother have a will, Mr. Sullivan? No, ma'am. Right. And no. according to you, Mr. Um, Buongiorno, did you have to clear out all of Sal's belongings?
1: It's still in there and the apartment will need be to be cleaned and emptied.
3: Yeah. Here's where the problem lies, okay? Mr. Bongiorno's giving him CPR. Mr. Bongiorno sees the money on the floor and you know and and people coming and stepping all around. And Mr. Bon collects it. Mr. Bongiorno then lets everyone know: hey, everybody, I got the money. And then Mr. Bongiorno has a document from the one person who's probably the heir to the money if there's no will. If there's no will and she's legally still married to him, it's her money. It's not your money, it's not my money, it's not Mr. Bongiorno's money, it's her money. And what does she do? She not only signs this document giving him, you know, uh, uh, possession of the next 725 to cover the expenses of cleaning the place out in January rent, she also, we know from your testimony, calls you and says, cut it out, you're not entitled to the money. Now, I understand your frustration because here's the wife who left who doesn't talk to him, you're going through the expenses of, of the, you know, the burial and everything else. I know it feels wrong.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
3: In order for you to have claim to that money, you would have to go to court, file a case in probate, and, and ask to be made his executor which is never going to happen if he has somebody he's still legally married to. So what will end up happening is she will, you know, she steps up, she'll be the executor, and then it'll go exactly where she said for it to go. You would have a chance to then say, well, then I'm suing the estate for his burial damages. Um, So that's where it should go. So it's not that you can't lay a claim it said it's very complex for you to be able to lay the claim you would have to say hey i know there's this money in his estate you didn't step up and pay so i'm filing this case Are you going to go through all that? You can if you want to. But what you can't do is I cannot, you can't come to court and sue him and say, I have a right to the money because I should. That's not how this kind of thing works. So in this case, I'm ruling in favor of Mr. Bongiorno, which let me be very clear. I'm not ruling that he's entitled to keep that money. I am ruling that probate court has to make that decision. So if you want that money, you have to go to probate court and file a probate case and then claim that money against his estate because you have those funeral expenses. Okay, I'm sorry that it's complicated like that, but that's exactly how it works. Because he died intestate, meaning no will, and therefore the law of your state says his wife gets the money. Um, So Mr. Bongiorno has a colorable claim to keeping the money for his expenses, I'm just not ruling it because I'm not probate court. That's my verdict, good luck folks.
5: So in a very complex case, the plaintiff fails to get uh, any money from the defendant out of this. Mr. Sullivan, the judge explained very carefully to you the situation. How do you feel about it? What are you thinking?
4: Uh, I feel congratulations, Tony. You got what you wanted in the first place. And uh, I did all I could do to try to justify the wrong that was done to my brother. And there's nothing else I can do.
5: Well, you, you know, it's interesting you say t- the the wrong that was done to your brother. Uh, Mr. Bongiorno actually came in and saved his life at that point. Do you, you, you recognize that? Did you know that he found him on the floor, you know, administered, uh, you know, tried to resuscitate him, uh, called 911? Yes, you, yes. Did you know that?
4: Yes, he did say that. Yes, he, yes, I do. And he did say that. And I did thank him once when I, he did call the hospital and I answered the phone. And I did thank him for that. Um but you know, he, my brother, paid a security deposit too. On top of all the monies we're talking about that he's keeping, that should have been used for the cleanup. So be it.
5: Well, there you I go. You've learned. Well. You've learned a lot from this court case. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's sure, the way sure it ahead. is for you. And uh, it was a lesson for you. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, All right, Mr. Bongiorno, you're okay with the case, right? Obviously.
1: This is all an unfortunate uh, situation, of course, but uh, I did talk to Sal in the hospital and he understood that I was keeping the money towards January's rent and if he didn't get out and uh, he didn't get out of the hospital, he sadly passed away. Um, I think I was very straightforward with everybody. I I wasn't out to steal anything from anybody. and, And I think Uh, justice prevailed.
5: All right, sir, that'll do it then. Thank you very much, and uh, I guess you can hold on to the money for now.
6: Well, Doug, I mean, this is simple. Uh, This is a jurisdictional issue. Uh, The plaintiff should be going to a probate court, which is where estates are probated. Uh, It is not the province of small claims court to do this. That's why this case was dismissed without prejudice, meaning it can be filed in the proper court. Do you have any tips for job interviews?
3: Hmm. Come early, yeah. come prepared, right. come clean, Yes. dress nicely, do your research beforehand and know who you're talking to, and nowadays you can Google people, I, so yeah,
2: be enthusiastic,
3: be enthusiastic, Energy level up um, and kind of make sure that by the time the person's done in their 20 minutes that they want to work with you. Right. You're trying um, to sell yourself. You're trying to sell yourself. So put your best foot forward. But preparation is always key to that because if I interview someone and they have already Googled me, like I, you know, I'm impressed when they know what they're talking about rather than just sitting there answering, you know, with short, stubby answers.
2: Right. And and try to make eye contact Uh, It doesn't have to be a steady gaze like you're a boxer at the beginning of the fight (laughs) and you're trying to creep somebody out. No, but absolutely, you know, know,
3: keep eye contact. Don't be looking down at notes. You know, it's... um,
2: People want you to look them in the eye in that type of conversation. So uh, that's definitely important. And, And also, after the fact, send an email or a note or a letter saying somehow, thank you for you know, meeting hey, thanks, with me i enjoyed our talk
3: it was right. very you know Boom. informative that, comes, that comes uh, i look comes forward quickly. to hearing from you right. you know yeah they look at you and they go hey, this person's really got their act together Maybe right. that's the one we want at our business right.
2: right this is the plaintiff adara she says she designed a line of clothing and she hired the defendant to take pictures to promote it on social media Unfortunately, she and the defendant had a disagreement. And the nasty lady deleted all the photos she took. That's not fair. And she wants the $975 she's owed and is suing for it today. This is the defendant, Avi. She says she was supposed to get a photo credit on any photos posted to social media. But then the photos were reposted to a different account, and she wasn't tagged in the caption. When she brought it up, the plaintiff got defensive, argumentative, and disrespectful. And that's not cool. She's accused of making the pictures disappear.
6: All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says... That she hired the defendant to take pictures for promotional purposes of her clothing line. She paid the money, but doesn't have the photos. Now the defendant says, "Uh "Uh-uh, not the case. The plaintiff was supposed to give her photo credit on the picture she posted, didn't? And here they are. It's the case of photo finish."
3: Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Adara Tigress of New York, you are suing Tigress of New York. Um, You are suing Ms. Avi, who is a photographer, for $975 that you say you are out as a result of some nasty dealings you had with her. Tell me what happened.
7: Uh, Yes. Uh, So I found her, uh, Avi, on Instagram. Um, She was having a special um, for a photo shoot um, called Vintage Souls or something. Um, I gave her a down payment of $50 in September. Um, it took some time to plan the shoot. Um, we set the date for October third. Um, it was going to go through on October third, but I think there was uh, something with the weather. So um, I did ended up I did end up paying her the rest of her deposit that day. Mm-hmm. But we didn't shoot until October seventh. All right. And where did you uh, shoot on October seventh? Um, in front of the Cotton Club in Harlem. All right. And what what was the purpose of the shoot? You needed pictures for what? Um, To promote uh, the dress that I was wearing, I made. Um, I was promoting the dress just as well as trying to um, get engagement up on social media. So photos for social media and my website. For your business, which is what? Tigers New York is my clothing brand.
3: A clothing brand. Okay. Yeah. So she was going to take pictures of you in the dress that you made uh, so that you could post it on social media. All right. So, mm-hmm. and you're going to pay her the, uh, two, 250 was the total for the first photo shoot. Then Correct. apparently you had a second photo shoot later on in October, on October 23rd. How did that come about?
7: Correct. Um, so after we wrapped shooting on the day of the first photo shoot, she let me know she was having another special in a couple weeks, um, two weeks. Um, and if I would be interested, um, I think I hit her up maybe a week or so later to let her know I was interested, um... I don't think I made a down payment that day, but we sk- the date was the 23rd. I paid her on the 23rd before the shoot. Now, that um, shoot was I- supposed to be inside of a studio,
3: correct? Correct. From mm-hmm. 12 to 3. Mm-hmm. But you got there at what time? I got there, I'm not sure, but it was a little after 3. Right, so studio time was over.
7: What yeah. time had you? What were you shooting to get there? Uh, 2, 2.30. Okay. Two she said that... Um, she would have to be out the studio at 3. Right. But I didn't know that until about 1.46. You can see that in the messages I sent. All right, so you get there and you decide, well, let's just
3: do it outside, and you do some artsy pictures mm. outside. Um, so you, you get the pictures, and then all of a sudden, what happens? She sends you a separate email demanding what?
7: Um, well, for the second photo shoot, she sent a contract... Um, that said, uh, it had a bunch of stuff in the contract about how you were supposed to post the photos, what you were supposed to tag when you posted the photos. It was like a sentence that said, like, courtesy of a uh, photo day or something like that, um, and that you needed to agree to it in order to receive the photos. Okay. And did you have a problem with that? Um, I mean, by that point, I had already witnessed her doing some weird stuff on social media and I didn't want to get into it with her. So I agreed just so I can get my photos and I was never going to hire her again. So. What was the weird stuff she had done on social media that had you already concerned? Um, about two on the day of the first photo shoot. She let me asked her how long it would take before I received the photos. She said it would be about two weeks. Um, I waited a little over two weeks before I asked her about the photos. She said on that day that she would get them to me that day. I waited until the next day, quite late in the day. It was Halloween, actually. I still hadn't received the photo, so I hit her up and let her know, like, listen, today's Halloween. It's um, a good day to post to get my engagement up. Do you have anything ready that I could post? Um, she had a little attitude. She was like, oh, my God, I'll send you the photos. And then she went on her Instagram and posted um, that I need to have patience because it takes time to do what she does. So, okay. um Later on that night, um, she sent me the photos. I posted the photos on my Instagram. I tagged her in every photo that I posted. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry. What, what was the question? And then, that? and so when did you have a
3: problem with her after that? She sends you the, oh, okay. th- she sends you the email saying you need to agree to tag me and tag me this way. Um, and that, that email is when in November?
7: That's in November. That okay. was for the second photo shoot. Okay. She sent an email with on the 31st with the first set of photos that just asked um, if you decide to post them just to tag her, which okay. I did. Um, about a month later, I think, I'm not sure the date, but it's like uh, November 23rd or so, uh, she sent me the rest of the first photo shoot, and then she sent me the contract for the second photo shoot. This is a couple of days before Thanksgiving.
3: What do you mean? The second photo shoot was October 23rd. So what do you mean she yeah. sent you the
7: contract for the second photo shoot? What does that mean? She sent a contract. Uh, this is after the photo shoot, but before she sent me the photos, saying I needed to agree to it. In order oh, this to is to agree to that stuff.
3: you're going to tag a certain way and whatever else. That exactly. Way. Okay, mm-hmm. so you agree to it,
7: and then you get the mm-hmm. photos. And what do you mm-hmm. download the photos into your computer? Not from the second photo shoot. The first photo shoot, um, I didn't get a chance to. I saw them, um, but I didn't get a chance to download any of them from the first or the second one. Okay. And so
3: what happens? You post a photo and you tag her correctly. And then what happens?
7: Um, In the photo, I'm wearing sunglasses, like some shades that belong to another brand. So I tagged the brand as well because I'm wearing their glasses. Um, I guess on that day, they decided to repost it as well as another uh, like Instagram user. The Instagram user tagged her. The brand didn't. Um, so she got upset about that. She uh, wrote me in the comments saying that I was in violation of contract. And then she started. Wait, the- how are
3: you in violation of contract? Because someone else posted something.
7: Exactly. Um, oh, I let her okay. know that, too. <laughs> I let her know that, too. But she swore that it was, you know, on me that someone else posted the the photo and didn't attack her.
3: But even how are she, you going to uh, stop? Like, how many followers do you have? I not much like 1300. Are you supposed to police 1300 people and whether they repost your picture and where they repost Absolutely it not. and okay, Absolutely let me I'm the asking same. the wrong person. Avi, tell me um, tell me what's going on like what's the what was your intent with this agreement on the posting and all that?
8: Do I get to present my case? or
3: Well, isn't that the crux of the issue? Do you want to just start from the beginning and tell me about the photo shoot? Because that's not really the yeah, issue. Yeah, I'd like
8: to start, like, okay, go all the way back to where she started. Okay, Okay, so. but,
3: but, like, we know what the issue is. The issue is the... So let's try to focus on that. But you go ahead. You do you, honey. Go ahead.
8: Okay, so the issue here is the fact that photos were used and posted without my permission. Okay. And also the fact that The photos were taken from her page and posted without a tag. And when I reached out to her and informed her, like, you have violated the contract, because now someone else who did not pay for these photos is using them and posting them without crediting me, she took offense. I didn't want to go back and forth, so I just removed the photos from the, uh, the folder that I shared with her. And there was an opportunity for me to resend them with the contract, but we didn't get to that point because she immediately started arguing with me. Okay. And also a lot of the stuff she said was false. There was nothing, I didn't send them to her with an attitude. I sent them to her like, oh no, I need to send you these photos. So I sent them as soon as I possibly could because I was also juggling several other photo shoots. It was Halloween, there were, I was doing other photo shoots. I had to get those edited. I was juggling a lot. So it's not like, And I'm not saying that's her responsibility, but I was letting her know, like, okay, I'm going to get them to you as soon as I can. I'm kind of curious, the the document
3: that you send her and say, unless you agree to this, I won't give you your photos. Why doesn't that predate the photo shoot? Is it something that you came up with after the photo shoot? Because typically um, the terms of a contract are already set by the time of the photo shoot that people don't add another contingency to it.
8: Um, oh, the way I've been doing things is, you know, they send the deposit, we have the photo shoot, and then I send the contract before they can get the photos. Why don't so you, but it seems aware. kind of,
3: that, right, but why, they should be made aware before they hire you of what your, your terms are. Before they hire you is when they should be made aware. But in any event, she agreed to it, so she's bound by it. It, it, what we're talking about is that she will not post the pictures without giving you courtesy of exactly the way you asked and tagged it. How can
8: she control that what? Was for a specific studio day. She's talking about two different things. She's talking about a Vintage Soul special photo shoot that we did where I sent her before, like when I sent the images, within the link, within the email, you get the photos and you're notified that you have to give me photo credit.
3: Okay, no, that's fine. Did she not give you photo credit on her site? Tell me, tell me what the infringement was. In your opinion, the infringement was what? Did she not give you photo
8: credit on her site? She did. Who didn't give you photo credit? Access. Someone else had access to the photos that they were not supposed to have access to. What are you talking, I must be missing something. I'm
3: not, I'm not, I must be missing something. If she posts something, I'm not really good at social media, but I think I've got Mm -hmm. this much. If I post something and someone else reposts it, they can repost all they want. How am I controlling what they repost? No.
8: Okay. No, it's the fact that only she is allowed access to the photos. That is right. the whole purpose of the contract. But once you
3: post it, can't, if I post something on Instagram, can't someone else post that picture without my consent or knowledge? No,
8: which is okay. why there's a copyright infringement option on Instagram. Don't and yell at me, me and explain it to I me. To How direction. can they not do it? I've How? to explain this to you and you have a, you have a really I have an attitude. attitude. Let me tell you, between you the three of us, the on only the one who can so have an attitude have Stop, is the one wearing the robe. You're not allowed
3: to have why an attitude in court. you have an attitude,
8: attitude at all? If <laughs> this is an example of what I've been going this, through. Why is there a
3: case going on? <laughs> will you explain to <laughs> me how right. she can control what a third party does when they repost a picture? She can't
8: control what a third party does, which is why Instagram has a copyright infringement option where they will immediately remove the post from the person's page because my copyright has been infringed upon. Okay, so how does Instagram find that out? you make the report who's you you, you the person who's coming me, me right the owner of so the why don't you Everything just make the report of instead of deleting all her pictures what control does I didn't she delete have her pictures i removed her access to them until she was made aware of the contract she I'm sorry with what did me. you
3: want her to do what did you want done what was your goal your end goal when you removed the pictures until she was
8: what was your end goal what did she do wrong i wanted her to be made aware that she is the only one who has access to the photos. And if anybody is going to post them, she needs to also alert them that you have to get photo cards. How does she know what
3: someone else reposts? They tag her. Okay, and And when they tag her, she's supposed to do what? What? How can, by the time they tag her, they have already neglected to tag you. So, what what exactly is she supposed to do? How can she be in control of what a third party does? She She is in control only of violating your agreement with her. That third party doesn't have an agreement with you. Why don't you brand your photos and put your name on the bottom of them? You're
8: not even letting me speak. She has to alert them that they have to give photo credit to the person that took the photo. Yes, they tagged her. Well, how she, wait, wait, when
3: do you expect her to alert them? After they have reposted it without giving you credit? Because she's giving you credit. Then unbeknownst to her, someone reposts them. They don't call her for permission or anything else. They tag her, which means she sees that they've posted it. All right, and then she's supposed to do what? Police every person who who,
8: who does that and no, say no. She isn't, which is why I then take control of the situation and remove the photos.
3: Why remove the her, photos? You from think from that outside. the person who reposted because the they photos them from just her. a second? <laughs> they didn't get them from the folder you sent her. They got them from her post. Am I missing something? Just tell me if I'm missing something, Ms. Adara. I am giving you two choices, okay? I am interpreting this contract to mean as follows. You can never post something without giving her credit. You cannot control someone reposting your post. You are not in charge of policing. And the irony is, what did you do when she wigged out? What did you
7: do? I asked the brand to post her, and they had no problems posting. They did it immediately. Right. But she's she's still denying
3: you your file as though you had given your file to the brand. You didn't give your file to the brand. They reposted the picture you posted, okay? Right, I'm not missing anything, right? No. Okay, all
7: right. This is an example of what I've been going through.
3: Okay, but where did you get her name? Uh, Instagram. Yeah, don't. Um, Like, get recommendations. (laughs) You have to talk to people who have dealt with people who who can get, and even that sometimes doesn't work out. But you've got to get recommendations. It's word of mouth. People's reputations is word of mouth. So, you know, th- that's how you get somebody, not just, oh, these pictures are pretty. You know, I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, no,
7: I was trying to support other black creatives, but I see that's just not Okay, but it's anymore. not, okay, about, not okay, about, okay,
3: but please, I hate when I hear that, too. It's still, there's <laughs> plenty of black creative, and if you want to yeah. support black creative, that's awesome. You just got to pick the right black creative. You don't just You're pick right. at random, you know, just because she's <laughs> black. You have to pick because she's good black creative, and you want to support black business. That's great, but you've got to do it by word of mouth. Come on, you guys talk. <laughs> right? You're right everything's Press, good right? right like you talk 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 <laughs> and then and then you get the good recommendation right like you don't yeah. all right so that's how you um push your brand now i'm going to give you a choice of one of two remedies and then i'm going to tell you what i think you should do either i'm going to order her to refund your 400 dollars refund your uber costs which are 186 12 not 175 um and refund i'm not going to have It's too speculative that it's $400 for loss of opportunity. I'm not going to order that. So that means you would leave here with $586.12, and you can use that to have someone else take pictures where you're not going to have a problem all the time. I suggest you take what's behind curtain number one. (laughs) Because the other alternative is that I issue an order that says that you are allowed to use those photos so long as you abide by the agreement you have with her, but you have no control over what third parties do. Which would you prefer? The first. I don't yeah. I'm gonna cut ties. So I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think that's the thing to do. So what I'm gonna do is I'm go on, gonna order the return of the four hundred dollars plus one eighty-six twelve for your Ubers for a total of five hundred and eighty-six dollars and twelve cents. Retake the photos, and let me just suggest that you find somebody who is recommended to you as opposed to somebody that you just find on Instagram. That is not a good way to find people. Uh, that's my verdict. Good luck, folks.
5: So, the judge has awarded the plaintiff $587 in this case. She prevails. The defendant, obviously upset, has left the courtroom in a huff. Uh, let's ask the plaintiff now. You you were given a choice between door one and door two. You took door one. So, the bottom line is, have you learned something
7: from this experience?
5: I would yeah, assume you have.
7: Uh- <laughs> Yeah. Just get uh, recommendations first. Don't just, you know, act off good faith and just want to support people. I need more than that.
5: Well, then this has been a valuable experience for you. Sorry it worked out this way, uh, but good luck. Okay. Hopefully. Thank you. It'll be successful for you. And I love you.
7: You're, You're so shady. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much.
6: Okay. Doug, an important lesson. When you make a contract with somebody and there is an agreement, both sides agree on one set of facts. One party cannot, after the fact, alter the contract without the other person's consent. And usually that means both sides have to get something additional for that to be enforceable. But if you are in a contract with somebody and all of a sudden you say, oh my God, I can't do it, it's not fair, whatever, I'm going to change a certain term, you can't do that without the other person's permission. You're stuck. Some states
2: appoint their judges and other states elect their judges. Which is a better system? How do you get the fairest judges?
3: Uh, (laughs) I don't think either system is better than the other. I think that they're both um, potentially fraught with problems. People often think, a lot of judges and a lot of lawyers think that the appointed system is necessarily uh, a better idea because you get a better judiciary. I don't buy that. I think that um, that kind of depends on who's doing the appointing, right? Right? Uh, it, it depends. And when there's an appointed system, it's usually the governor of the state that ends up uh, picking people. And oftentimes there's a a, a, a judicial nominating committee that screens right. the applicants for the governor and then sends them up. But that can be a very political process. And so the people that are picked are the people who are the political favorites, as opposed to necessarily the most qualified.
2: Elections are Political process. Elections too, are right?
3: intensely political process. <laughs>
2: some are partisan elections. Some. some states, you got a good you know,
3: name. You got a terrible name. Right? You've got a Hispanic name right? in, a, in a predominantly Hispanic area. You've right. got. You've got. You know whatever the 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 demographic is. Um, you've got an edge as opposed right. to someone who doesn't have the demographic. So they're both very flawed systems. I think that the best systems are a hybrid, which right. means that you can get their one of, you know, either of the two ways. Right, right. Florida does that. Florida does that. And I like that because if you're someone who's not the flavor of the month and you're not going to get the appointment, then you can run.
2: You still have a path.
3: Right, you still have a path.
6: That's going to do it for us now, and we will see you with the next session of The People's Court.